Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Mike Acker on the like, Mike, how are you? Hey, doing great. Thanks so much for having me here today, Michael. I'm looking forward to this conversation. You've written a bunch of books and a lot of them talk about fear. And we'll dive into those in a moment, but let's share a little bit about you, your background, and why in the world would you give so much time to write a book? Because it's time consuming. I know I've done it myself and it takes a lot of time and effort, but just a little bit about you and, and the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. I love going back to the beginning. I love saying that my dad was a drug dealer and my mom was a witch and I become a pastor. So that was so much of the story comes from that. And even my childhood and overcoming fear in different areas and my parents just raising me in a great home. And then after doing that for years, working in nonprofit circles and, and establishing wells and all kinds of really cool things in Africa, really cool things in, in Mexico and South America. I ended up switching over to the corporate world and just decided that I would go out and just try some different things. Did really well in sales. And it was during that time that my side business that I had started and really I'd been coaching people for years and years and years. When I was a pastor, I was doing it, raising up staff members for our, our five campuses. But then I would also do it for business leaders and I would host seminars and I eventually started that just doing that on the side, just coaching people little by little. And, and then the side hustle stopped being a side hustle, stopped being a hobby and it became a job. And I had these two different jobs going on and then, and then COVID hit. And so all of a sudden my, my day job took a pause and we were working from home, not as busy. So I ramped up my side job and, and I found out I just love doing that so much. I, I just love seeing people realize their potential. So it's part of my life mission to realize potential. So from there, I had the book. I wrote another book. I wrote another book. And, and ultimately, everything I do from coaching, from workshops to book writing to videos on YouTube, all of that, I want to help people realize their potential. It goes back to what my parents did when they made a major life transformation and realized a positive potential, it goes through my pastoring years and now it's in my coaching years. That's awesome. And an amazing journey where you took lessons along the way and that side hustle ended up being the hustle. It's like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. And it, it, it happens. I don't want to say innocently, but sometimes people say, well, I'm just going to do this on the side. It gives me something to do and exciting. And the next thing you know, it, it takes off. And you're like, well, then I guess I'm going to have to step away from what was paying the bills because this thing is going to be paying the bills and then some. Right. And, and, and and while that's important, but also it's like from going from doing this you know, thing on the side that you really enjoy doing, not that you didn't enjoy right. your no, other role. No, totally. It was my hobby. It was, yeah. it was what I did for fun, right? Yeah. And, and then you get to do, it's like, wait a minute, I get to do fun all the time. Is that, is that legal? Can I do that? It, and it just, it, it's such a, you know, fulfilling experience to be able to do that. And, you know, the same thing happened with me and it, it's every day I go, okay, wow, this is amazing. I've, I, I created something because when, 
when you work for somebody else, whether it's the church or for corporate or nonprofit, that's their entity. That's their business. That's what they yeah. created. And when you launch something yourself and all of a sudden it is now your business and it's paying you and covering your fees and, and allowing you to do the things in life that you want to do and have the impact in life that you want to have. I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs sometimes forget that. So I always right. highly recommend people. It's like take time throughout the year and the holidays are a great time around Thanksgiving yeah. or anything like that. And really be thankful for, I created something out of a thought or an idea yeah. And now it is impacting other people's lives and providing a livelihood for me. That, yeah, I that call it following the breadcrumbs. That yeah. there's a lot of breadcrumbs around us, and and if you want to become an entrepreneur, look for the biggest ones and just see where that one leads, and see where that one leads, and then try to get some more breadcrumbs out there. Call them over to you know, and then eventually that breadcrumb leads to this big cookie. And now you're eating the cookie, then you have to leave the other one behind. It was very interesting for me was I had been doing this and, and then all of a sudden I read a book and I was thinking about it. And I was like, great book. A lot of people read it, E-Myth. I was familiar with it. I knew the principles of it, but I read it and I thought, oh, that's great. That doesn't really apply to me. That, that applies to a business. And then something happened where I just dawned on me that I, I actually didn't have a side hustle and I didn't have a hobby. I actually had a business. And so then I started treating it like a business. And that's when I made this big, huge shift. I think a lot of people are probably doing something that's like a business and still treating it like a side ho hobby or, uh, or a side hustle. And, and there's something that if you embrace that adventure and really call it by its right name, you can live that out in the right way. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, sometimes you think even as you start doing it more and more that it's still the side thing. And yeah. basically, no matter how talented you are, you're still putting the energy of on the side. It's right. like making, I'll use this analogy of like making a meal, okay? You know, most people, they have the main course, which could be chicken, steak, pork, seafood, whatever. Uh, or if you're vegetarian or vegan, you know, some type of main dish. And then you have your side dishes, which are, okay, I'll do a couple things on that and that's fine. And if your business is your side business and that's what you want to do, then you're dealing with side dishes. You're right. not, you never get to the main course unless you want to. If you want to, then... Yeah, I love your analogy. You know, follow the breadcrumbs until you get the cookie. And then once you get the cookie, you're like, oh, okay, I, I, I like this. Let me wash, rinse, and repeat. Let's do this again because I like cookies. You know, so it's <laughs> like, where, where are they? You know, where's the cookie factory? I'm going there. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. most dangerous place in the world to take me is like, you know, those specific, you know, cookie factories that will have all kinds of different oh, yeah. cookies to choose from. You're like, oh, no, this is overwhelming. I can't, I can't do this, you know. And my cardiologist is yelling in my ear, going, <laughs> no, you're not. You're not doing that. Do not do that. That is not, that got you in trouble back in 2009. Do not do that again. It's like, yes, doctor. So, so that's good. So yeah, for me, and all for of me, these things, it's anything you know, coffee related. So it could be a coffee cake. It could be a coffee, ice cream, coffee, you know, latte, whatever it is. That's my weakness. Anything coffee flavored, if it's unhealthy or healthy, man, it's drawing me in. It's a yeah, gravitational pull. It's like the tractor beam. It's like, there we go. Can't, can't resist. I'm going in. So 
when launching a business and looking at different things and even, you know, thinking, and I'm sure during that period where you say, okay, this is grown too big and now I have to make this the thing and I have to step away from what I was doing mainly, fear comes into that play. And you write about fear and you've done it in, in a few of your books. So let's dive into that a little bit as far as how, you know, how does fear impact? Because I know fear pretty much limits a lot of people. And for many, it just may stop them right in their tracks. They may not continue forward. That decision, right. do I launch this full time and go full in on this business and leave my pastoral role or my corporate job or whatever role people are in? to go full-time into this, or am I good enough to do that? So, you know, talk about that a little bit, and then we can obviously dive in some of the books. Yeah, I think fear is fear is this reaction. It's, it's looking at what's around and seeing the negativity. It's seeing the impossibility of the situation. It's when you climb up to the top of the 40-foot cliff and you look down and you say, well, what if I jump into the water and it's going to hurt me this way or that way? So, you're thinking through all the, all the negative possibilities. It's when you're getting up on stage or getting in front of your company or speaking in a virtual meeting and thinking about what will people think about me? They won't like it. What if I ramble? What if I'm boring? What if I don't have anything of value? Or potentially stepping out into a leadership role and thinking, you know, what if I don't do well? So it's looking at all the the negativity that could potentially happen. It's looking at all of the opposition. So what we need to do is, is have that courage. I love what Mark Twain says, right? That courage is not the absence of fear. It's the mastery thereof. It's looking at the 40-foot jump and saying, man, yeah, this could go wrong, but I'm going to think about the exhilaration, the adrenaline, the, the fun, the memory of this. I, I use cliff jumping examples because in my 20s, I did a lot of, of finding cliffs and jumping off them into the water. And, and Always, there's that moment of fear, always, but there's also the memory and the exhilaration and the fun and the shared aspect of doing that with others. Likewise, in speaking, one of the things I write in my book, Speak With No Fear, it's gone on to have 370 plus ratings, mostly positive, mostly positive, some really bad ones as well. And then I've wrote my Lead With No Fear book, and it has like 80 ratings or, or something like that on Amazon. But in those two, one in speaking, I talk about imagine the worst. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to imagine the worst. That's, that's exactly what's happening. But then I really want, to, I want people to do more than just imagine what could possibly go bad. I want you to really imagine what's going to be the worst in speaking. What's going to happen? You might get embarrassed. You might get rejected. But you'll go home and the people that love you are still going to love you. You you didn't die of a heart attack. You may have felt like you were going to, but really the worst is not that bad. But the positive of public speaking, the positive of stepping out there is really that good. You really could get that promotion. You could get that next level of recognition. You could bring your company to a new idea. You could advance your church or your cause or your political platform or whatever it might be. So the positives when it comes to public speaking far outweigh the potential negatives, but people have their eyes on potential negatives that when you look at it are really not that negative. So fear keeps us back from doing it to your question, 
but really we should have the courage to step out there because on the other side of the fear in public speaking is some incredible opportunities. And the same with leadership. In the book, Lead With No Fear, myself and my co-author, we talk about how to shift away from fear. You might not be ready to just jump off the cliff, off a 40-foot cliff, but let's start with the five-foot one. And then from the five-foot one, you graduate to the 10, to the 15, to the 20. And pretty soon you find that you're jumping off 100-foot cliffs and the fear is still there, but you're doing it with excellence. You're like those videos on TikTok or Instagram or wherever they are, where those people doing gainers off of these huge cliffs and landing it in an incredible way. And here's where I believe that we, we are able to overcome fear, grounded faith, not blind faith, like I can do it. Forget it. I'm the best person ever. Here I go. I'm going to start a company and I, I've been working in corporate America, making a nice six-figure income. I have no plan, but I quit today and let's go. That's blind faith. That's stupidity or getting up there and saying, you know what? I'll speak in front of everybody. I have no idea. And then you just ramble and ramble and you're not even aware that it just went awful. That's blind faith. The grounded faith is where you learn techniques, you learn strategy, you learn a framework for confidence, and then you step out with an understanding that, hey, this, this is still risk. There's still some risk to it. There's still potential negatives, but it's not baseless. I have a reason for it. I love the, the scene in Indiana Jones. You remember that scene where he steps out on the invisible bridge and, and He's got the prophecy of where it is and that step out in faith. So he's got a basis for what he's doing. He's got a ground for what he's doing, but it still takes risk for him to do it. And I think for us in leadership, in speaking, we have that basis. We find that basis. We get that grounding. And then we take the step. It reminds me of, and when I was younger, as with many people, uh, we had a fear of speaking right up until my early adulthood. And then I was in college and I had a business writing class and there was a presentation towards the end of the semester uh, for me to give and the rest of the classmates. And this was in March and my 16-year-old brother at the time, uh, he was 16 then, uh, came down with chicken pox. Oh. Now, both of us were exposed to our cousins and friends as younger people to chicken box, but we never got them. So he had them at 16. I was 21. I got chicken pox. Uh, if you've ever seen the remake of the fly with Jeff Goldblum, just kind of before he turns into a fly, he's still human, but all red and swollen and blotchy yeah. everywhere. That's exactly how I looked. Um, and so needless to say, I got them and I, you know, called the school and said, I got chicken pox. I'm, I'm quarantined for a week. Uh, so that's fine. And my, the week that I was supposed to speak was the week that I was quarantined. So I told the professor, it's like, all right, can we do it next week? And they said, yeah, there's a couple other people I missed for some reason. So we'll, we'll, we'll have you do it. So I look like that even after a week and it was a little bit better, but not by much. So I roll into school looking like this, of course, everyone is looking at me when I'm walking. Yeah, I'm like, nice. not, not can't, I couldn't wear a ball cap and well, face masks weren't really around then. <laughs> so, so I couldn't really hide how I was looking. So I roll into class and you know, everybody's, no one's giggling. They're just kind of like, whoa, cause everybody knew. And yeah. I made sure to let the instructor know I had chicken pox. I'm not contagious anymore. 
I certainly hope, you know, but I, I let everybody know just so they would be aware of it and all of that. And no one, thankfully, that I'm aware of came down with it. So professor comes in, sees me and says, Michael, can we go out in the hallway for a minute? Like, I'm like, sure. So I'm nervous because I've been, you know, I wanted to do this speech, but I, I was always nervous about speaking publicly. So she took me outside in the hallway and she said, if you want to skip the presentation <laughs> and not give it, that's okay. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll give you, basically I'll give you a C. Um, so you'll still pass. Your grades are good. You don't have to worry about it. Um, you're not, your, your grade still going to be good and don't worry about it. I don't think it'll really impact it too much. I'll, I'll, I'll wiggle some things around, maybe write an extra paper or something and boost it up. So that way you'll keep your good grade. And I said, I've been wanting to do this speech and get it over with for weeks, for weeks, because this is deep into the semester. I mean, first week, like there's a presentation like week 12, I'm thinking. So I had like 10 weeks to fret about this speech. So I, I was prepared, obviously. And so I was like, if it's okay, I'd like to give it. And she went, okay. So I went up and gave it. Of course, I'm nervous because it's just natural right. uh, for people that aren't comfortable with public speaking. I gave the speech. Don't even remember what the paper was about. I don't. I don't remember. But at the end of it, the entire class stood up and gave me a standing ovation. Nice. And that was not requested by the teacher or anything. They just did it on their own. And I asked a few people, "Why did you give me a standing ovation? Was the speech that good?" And they said, "No, not really." But, <laughs> but. The fact that you went up there looking the way you did and spoke to us speaks volumes about your bravery and character. And at that point, that's when it shifted for me because I, I never, I mean, you still, and you know this as a speaker, you still have the butterflies. And it, for some reason, you could speak at a bunch of events, which I've done this year, all virtual. So my luggage misses me, but, <laughs> but there are certain events for some reason you're more nervous about than others. And I talk pretty much around the same topic. So it's like, I know the stuff, but it's yeah. still, there's some, some events you're more apprehensive than others. It's, it's strange. But from that point forward, I was never really like, I'm going to die if I have to give this speech type of thing, because I felt if I could go up and speak in front of an audience looking like that, then I can go in front of an audience looking like this and not have to worry about anything. So when you, when you mentioned that, it was like, it, it brought back that memory. So uh, it was a, definitely an interesting time. And it definitely was a pivot for quite frankly, for my career and everything else that I do in right. life. And right. I think that's what I love people stepping out when they do that, like what you did and different stories of my own life. When you step out, and sometimes you'll fail, and I've done those, and sometimes it doesn't go well. But if you step out with grounded faith and you go out there and you do it, chances are you're going to end up looking back and saying that was pivotal moment. Yeah, I went for that interview, right, that, that I didn't qualify for, but I, I went out and I did it. And even if I didn't get it, I learned this or I, I, I brought up this idea to the company or I, I took a step and reached out for that promotion, whatever it might be. When you take that, take that step of faith and it's a grounded step of faith, chances are that you'll look back and say that was a pivotal moment, whether you got it or not. 
Agreed. And, you know, even today I'll, I'll share a story that was on a, a speaking mishap. Uh, I was speaking, it was a summit type of thing. So there was a dozen or so speakers over a couple days. I had the wrong time zone um, in my calendar. So I completely missed it. Completely. Just bashed it, you know, and got the, the one email that I didn't see because I was like, well, that's a couple hours away. So I didn't even think about it. And I launched email. It's like, we're ready for you. And it was like two hours ago. I'm like, Oh no. So yeah. I, I couldn't do it. So what I ended up doing is it's like, well, you know what? I'm going to record, I'm going to launch zoom. I'm going to record the session as if I was delivering it live completely. And of course I modified the talk and introduced, you know, why, you know, stress and burnout can make you forget what time you're supposed to speak in an event. So I made light of my mistake and right. apologized to the audience for not delivering this live uh, and appreciated their time and all of that. So I was able to at least provide that content, but it was one of those things where even, you know, it's like you look at it like, oh, but I learned from it. You know, I learned from, right. okay, verify the time zone because the, and this particular <laughs> one and not making excuses, but the time zone of the person in the organization was different than the time zone of their event, which threw me off. So yeah. now it, I'm not blaming them, not their fault. I should have verified that and I didn't. So again, it's one of those things where you could speak at dozens or hundreds or thousands of events. You're still going to stub your toe occasionally and go, okay, wow, that didn't go well. All right, what happened? And you look at it and you grow from it. Right. I'm continuing to write on speaking. And so I'm working on my, my next book in this whole speaking series. And one of the things I talk about is the importance of positive rejection. Now, rejection's not good anytime, but what you do with it can make it into positive rejection. I really thought about this with my son recently because he's five years old. And so in our neighborhood, there's a whole bunch of other kids who are around the same age. And there were some kids who didn't want to play with him. And so he felt rejected one day. You know, he's done the same thing to other kids and we've worked on that and not doing that and treating people nicely. But for that day, it, it happened to him. And I, and I thought to myself, part of me wanted to like get in the little kid's face and be like, you don't do that to my son. <laughs> but here's what I wanted him to do. I want him to grow tough skin. I want him to, to have positive rejection. I recently did a, a short teaching on just embracing rejection, that it grows our skin tougher. And that's essentially what, what we as speakers need to do, as we as leaders need to do, is look for times where rejection happens, surround ourselves by positive people so that we can get that good perspective and move forward. And that gives us, that, that's another ground for, uh, for faith in ourselves and faith in our ability that we were able to resist and overcome that type of rejection. I love that you do so much about loss and uh, about stress and burnout too. That's such a important topic in in all the different areas. This year, especially in speaking at the events that I've spoke at, it's pretty much every industry under the sun. And it's you know in business they always tell you you need to niche down. You know, find your target audience and trying, but I spoke at an indigenous conference, an accessibility conference, nonprofit, corporate, healthcare, legal. It's like all over the map. And I'm thankful because my original career was public accounting and I was an auditor. So an audit, the firm that I worked with, thankfully had a pretty big book of business and a lot of different companies. So I was able to learn about a variety of different industries, which again has served me well, even to current 
times because I know some of the challenges with each of those industries that I've spoke with. It's yeah. like, and they go, how do you know this if you've never worked in this industry? And then I explained <laughs> to them, it's like, back in the day, I used to count beans. Now I just grind them and drink them. You know, going back to your coffee analogy, yeah. uh, it's, uh, that's, that's the only beans that I count. And, you know, I just, you know, the perfect blend. Great. Awesome. Although even bad coffee is still coffee. So it's, you know, <laughs> you know I try not to drink too much bad coffee, but it's, you know, I get it. I, I'm, 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 I'm part of the coffee brotherhood. We're good. So, uh, in, in closing, you know, and, and there were so many things I wanted to dive in on this uh, topic, but, you know, what are some things that you guide people with as far as how to, and I, I know we've talked about a little bit about the fear and the rejection and, you know, the, yeah. your child's example was an amazing one, you know, for, for, you know, toughening up a bit because this world can be harsh on us. And right. when we are, what's the phrase I want to look for? When we're giving in nature, as individuals, and I know you are, I am, we kind of open ourselves up a little bit. And it's, it's like, sure. sometimes that can put you in a vulnerable position because, you know, the world can be um, problematic and, and sometimes mean. And because, you know, some of the people that, you know, can hurt us have had things hurt them. Right. So, you know, a, a, a pastor at a church that I used to attend a long time ago, um, you know, and I've heard this many times, but, you know, hurt people hurt people. And right. there, that's kind of the thing. So you know, what are some things for people to kind of go through to you know, get on the other side of fear? You know, obviously the, you know, the Twain quote's great too, but what are some other things that you've seen in the people that you've helped, you know, kind of yeah. navigate through this so they can grow and continue to prosper in their life, no matter what they're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a whole three-part framework that I walk people through in my coaching programs, and people can find those at stepstoadvance.com. You can find a place to reach out. But that first part of that framework is really actually focusing in on who you are. And we help people there because I feel like a lot of people don't have that anchor, don't have that foundation. So use a couple different metaphors right here. So they're building this house, they're building a business, they're building a speaking persona, they're building a brand, but they don't know what the foundation is. They don't know who they are. So it's led to some very interesting conversations. I was talking to one person, we were on a Zoom call, international instance, right? He's in Singapore and I'm in Seattle and we're talking and highly successful. He's got this corner office. He's looking out over the city, highly successful. And when we really talked about his confidence and communication, it came down to a foundational issue, a core issue. So just as a takeaway right here, if you're struggling with, with confidence in leadership, with confidence in communication, and, and really even with burnout and stress, go back to who you are. Who are you? And I love to say that I just came out this because I've always known this and developed this at the age of three. And since then, I've been a grounded person. But there's been just different moments of identity crises in my own life. And one really being after 18 years of pastoral ministry, where I had done some incredible opportunities that had been come to me. I've been a senior pastor for 10 years. I, I had a platform that was pretty big at the time. And then I just got stressed and burned out. And it really came down to an issue of identity with, with some of the work that I was doing in pastoring didn't match up to who I thought I was. I had been a senior pastor, then I took a step down. And really that question of, 
who am I? I thought I was a lead guy and now I'm not a lead guy. And, and so that question tore away some of my confidence. And, and then it took a while to rebuild. And I launched into a different career in corporate America. And, and then I did really well there. And then is my confidence coming from the fact that I do well wherever I go? Where's, who am I? And really took some time. And I remember being on an airplane and just going back and looking at my life and thinking, who am I and who do I want to be? In the foundation, when I build my life, as I continue to build the next 50 years of my life, who am I and what do I want to leave behind? So even in my speaking programs, we start with, yeah, we start with an assessment. Where are you right now? We record it so we can see it at the end. It's really fun. But from there, we move into this identity piece. Who are you? And so I do a confidence call. So if you do want to do a confidence call with me, people could book it at advance.as.me forward slash confidence. So advance as me forward slash confidence. And people could have a conversation with me about their confidence and even starting with that. But if you don't want to book a call, if that's not interesting to you, here's my interest. Here's my, my call to you. No matter where you are, take some time, an hour, 10 minutes, or a weekend as one CEO did, and take some time to really think through what, what propels you forward? What anchors you in when the storm around you is going on? What's the foundation upon which you are building? What are your values? What's your mission? What's your purpose? There's great books about it, and you will never regret knowing more about who you are and what's most important to you. I love that. And I'll definitely have those links in the show notes because it's important. You, you know, who are we? You know, who am I? And doing that exercise frequently uh, is a great check. And I love the fact, you know, yeah. you, you recorded the beginning and you show the video later. That's something that we all should do and write it down through journaling or, you know, recording a video of yourself talking. You know, we've got the technology with Zoom and smartphones and everything like that. You know, timestamp it and say today is November eighteenth, twenty twenty, or seventeenth, or whatever day. Or it's November eighteenth. We were joking about that in the pre-show on what day it is, um, and then look back at it a year later and and go, okay, where am I? And you know, I pick on Facebook a lot, but one of the things I do like about that platform is the memories section on things that I would have posted in years past. And I see progression in, in my personal growth on what I was posting back in 2007, 2008, 2009 to what I've posted maybe even three or four years ago. Yeah. I, I see the transformation of myself, not just the older and less hair, but <laughs> or graying hair that shows up and like, Ooh, we better shave that off right now and get rid of that. Um, no, I don't, I love gray hair. And it's not, it's like, I, if I had a full hair head of hair, I would not die. I'd be like, this is what it is. This is the, the season for this. And, and, and don't try to fight it. Uh, Cause that's just going to stress you out and give you more. Uh, it, it's just natural. It's how it works people. So don't, don't, I, I'm not trying to put the hair dye people out of business or anything like that, but it's like, don't bother. Just go with what you got, man. It's all good. But at the end of the day, it, you can see the personal growth. So that, I love that you do that exercise. So, Mike, I've loved this conversation. Um, we could have talked for hours about all of this stuff. So where can people find out more about you and this awesome work you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. You can book a call with me at advance.as.me forward slash confidence. You can find me on mikeacker.com. Or if you want one of the books I referenced, go to Amazon or your favorite bookstore and look for Mike Acker. 
The book is Speak With No Fear. I have another one, Lead With No Fear. I have a book on how to write speeches. So if you have to write a presentation, write to speak. And then my last one, kind of my own personal journey a little bit, Grow Your Soul. That's awesome. And I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So Mike, thank you so much again for being on the show. Really appreciate you and this awesome work you're doing. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks, Michael. Thank you for having me on your show. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.